Are you having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge-watching Twin Peaks in quarantine, and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over 100 cast and crew members. This book covers Season 1, Season 2, Firewalk With Me, and Season 3. But wait, there's more! This book has commentary from the community and the host from the wildly popular podcast Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Order now! Supplies are very limited. Only $25.99 plus shipping and handling. Go to bluerosemag.com today. Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. And beside me is... John Bernardi from 25 Years Later site. Hey, John. How you doing? Yeah, doing all right. How about you guys? Good. It's been, so, it's been way too long. I can't even remember the last time we had you on. I mean, it seems like it's been a long time. Yeah, I think it's been over a year by now. Wow. Holy smokes. And it took a quarantine to get you back on the show. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just glad I was able to get on in the last year because I love you guys. I think Aww. you guys have been such a part of the community anyway. And, you know, anytime I can shoehorn my way into it, it's like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, uh, no, I was going to say real quickly, uh, like, for people who don't know, who are maybe just got into our show recently, I mean, John, you used to email us when we first started this podcast. Well, yeah, I, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a nice bookendy sort of feeling. But yeah, you guys have been here since before. It, well, I mean, I guess it was starting to be cool when you guys jumped in. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, you, you guys have been here at the beginning of the Twin Peaks fandom, like the, the resurgence. And, um, you know, I, I'm just... I, I commend you guys for all the stuff that you've been doing over the years, especially that book. Thank you. Which, but it was awesome to have you as part of the part of the book. Yeah, it was really nice, and I, I just love the the conversational tone of the whole thing. Like you've you've really told a story. As far as I'm concerned, this is like the bookend with Brad Duke's reflections, mm. and I think it's just wonderful. I, I hope this thing really takes off for you for like the next you know 25 years and on and on and on <laughs> thanks as John. one of the classics thank you yeah so we've got you on today to talk about your mm -hmm. article that you know it was probably a little over a month ago that you did an article for 25 years later called gratitude respect compassion twin yep. peaks and boy this is you know i feel like this is the time that we're living in right now that we need uh, articles like this. So I'm so glad that we can talk to you about this. Figured I'd just start it off, you know, being <laughs> grateful to you guys and so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely in the air. I know um, Andrew Grievous and John Thorne uh, did an article like while I was already working on this. So I'm, I'm glad it's in the air. Mm -hmm. And um, those guys were absolutely spot on that there's a lot of compassion in Twin Peaks. And I think it actually goes 
outside of Twin Peaks into like even how Lynch and Frost made Twin Peaks. Isn't that something? So do you see both of them being compassionate and gratitude coming from Lynch and Frost? Yeah, like just just the way you see their influences like being Mm. put on display. Like I mean, you see it everywhere. There's uh, there's the Wizard of Oz references all the time. I mean, Mm. that's nothing new for Lynch. But then there's like uh, the Kubrick style that like everybody was talking. Like, was it in there? Was it not? And uh, Jacques Tati and uh, the Cactus Orpheus is like visually referenced in part 18 mm. and well part 17 too and being there uh, yeah, everybody's talking about all these connections like even even like references of the coen brothers and tarantino and everything like you can you can see all these references even with uh with you know billy wilder's uh sunset boulevard being in there mm. and it's kind of like it's kind of like lynch said to wilder thank you for the use of gordon cole's name and mm. the influence of like that specific movie um, Lynch's storytelling instincts and like he puts it right in Twin Peaks yeah and yeah. I just see that all over the place with with the gratitude that um, Lynch and Frost like put into the script put into their stuff what I've been focusing on for Twin Peaks since uh, since the show ended was basically how you uh, you shovel yourself out of your shit and um, you know you you get out of that middle point that all the characters seem to be stuck in mm-hmm. you know whether it's nadine or norma you know it's like everybody has these repeated cycles in twin peaks and it seems like everybody's stuck in darkness mm-hmm. but if you can get past that if you can see through like to the end of their cycle mm-hmm. you know like when they when they break through their trauma then you can kind of see what they do afterward and you know the first thing nadine does is she thanks dr jacoby for all the help he did to Mm. get her to the point of where she is and then she thanks ed you know the first thing cooper does when he wakes up is he thanks janie e and uh and uh sunny jim for the love that they gave him you know it's like there's all these things about like once you wake up out of the delusion that's holding you back once you once you break through that negative energy and that darkness you can finally say that you've shoveled yourself out of your shit and mm. you can um, start thanking everybody for uh, for you know, essentially uh, I, I know I say it in the article but you know to, to paraphrase Mr. Rogers the first thing they do is they thank the people who love them into being who they are you know you start off thinking like a lot of us think that oh Twin Peaks is a very dark show it's it, I mean mm-hmm. you think of episode eight or any of that and and it's nice to step back and say there is a lot of light and there is yeah, like you're saying this gratitude and and the caring for each other and you mentioned Norma I mean when it comes down to Norma loves her community and it was that was more important than being rich or owning lots mm-hmm. of restaurants and I just I just love yeah. that and I, I bring up one character you know, you think about all those characters that broke out and you, yeah. you have the more obvious of a, maybe an Audrey. I don't know if it's obvious or not. For me, I feel like it's obvious, but Audrey and all those other characters. But the one person I feel like is still repeating, and maybe this is because real life, some people never break out and they're always in the mm-hmm. pattern, is Shelly. I never mm. felt Shelly yep. broke out. John, do you have any thoughts on her? I think the very last scene she was in was that conversation she had with Becky over the phone and about, yep. you know, like, don't, don't worry about Steven. You know, it's like, I know you're upset, but come over here and, um, you know, have some pie and we'll talk. Mm. So like at the very end of her arc in season three is basically her saying, I am going to connect with my family. You know, it's positive energy. It might not be the hole that she needs to get all the way out, but I think that's kind of a good thing for them. She constantly seems to find the wrong person or be the wrong person that is abusive. But it's funny. And the very, very last thing I think we see is her watching Big Ed and Norma together kissing and, she seems to be glowing and she seems so happy for them. And yeah. I want to believe, I mean, I want to believe that that happiness makes her want to find that yeah. same thing for herself. Like she, yep. <laughs> I want to believe that she'll go to red and say, Hey red, I, you're not right for me. <laughs> and I don't know if Bobby is right for her either, but she, that she might make the right choices seeing that Norma and Big Ed made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah, and the positive energy that she experienced from Big Ed and Norma, that kind of like tuned her to a positive frequency too. Yeah. And that's when she decides to connect with with Becky. True. Yeah, and you know, going back to Big Ed and Norma, Mm -hmm. one of my all-time favorite moments of 
season three. It is interesting how, you, you know, you mentioned this in the article, but the language of Lynch and how he's, he's visually showing us a breakthrough. And with them, mm-hmm. it, it's so interesting after they reconnect, we just have pictures of the trees and the skyline and it's a beautiful yeah. day and the music is just, yep. it blasts away. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's, literally it's beautiful. sunlight breaking through the trees. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is the Lynch language. I mean, you watch that scene and it's interesting how in the middle of an episode, you just have this elongated, just scenery with music. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just works so well. Yeah, and it kind of breaks through for Ed when Norma touches him on the shoulder. Oh. And um, that's like the visual language that mm. like really starts because that's connecting too. Like it's, it's literally a physical connection from one person to another. And it always means, um, it always means something positive, you know, like whether, mm. whether it's, um, you know, compassion, like uh, Gordon Cole touching uh, Albert on the shoulder and basically saying, I'm worried about you. And um, then there's, um, you know, Lucy and, uh, and Andy putting their hands on, on the shoulder of Wally Brando. And he's, he might be crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> he's also well adjusted to the point where, you know, he wants to, he wants to come from a positive place the whole time. And, you know, he's, he's doing that while being literally supported by both his parents by basically saying, we love who you are. Mm. And, um, you know, it's like, that's how Norma started by like, you know, touching Ed on the shoulder when she comes into frame. And that's like literally how we see it start. It's just all over. And one of the ways I see that describes the showing of gratitude in Twin Peaks season three is that one scene with the, with the Slada Annick lady and the Mitchums over, Mm. over at one place. Cause, um, that's, that's like a twofer about, yeah. uh, about gratitude because, you know, the, the Mitchums, they were like ready to kill Dougie yeah. and everything, but you know, they, they get this check that erases all the debt that they were in. Um, or I mean, not, maybe not that they were in, I forget. Um, you know, but either way they were in it, they were actually entitled to an insurance settlement, right. but Anthony, uh, Anthony Sinclair, he's the one who uh, kind of cooked the books and made sure that, the Mitchums weren't going to be able to get this. And, you know, that just made them all angry and everything. But like the first thing that happens is, um, you know, they get this check, the money um, that they were owed, you know, legally and, you know, spiritually or whatever. Mm. Yeah. They they become these great guys who like, you know, do nothing but like shower people that helped them with like all this love and stuff. And the first thing they do is they bring Dougie to this place that, you know, serves great food items. And, um, you know, it's, it's a meal around a dinner table. It's again, Mm -hmm. it's again, you know, community coming together, you know, just like Shelly and Becky, just like, uh, you know, Norma and her pies, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's always, it's always about coming together and having an experience together. And that's the first thing they do in walks a uh, slot addict lady, which mm-hmm. I wish she had a real name, but you know, that's her name in the credits. So we got yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like, she was, she was haggard in that first part three episode in the, the, the casino. Yeah. And um, you know, like when she walks in again, Mr. Jackpot. Oh, this is the man I told you about. I wanted to see you again. I've thought of you every day. What you did for me, you changed my life. This is my dear son, Denver. He's back in my life again. I have a little dog. I have a house. I have my life back again. How can I ever thank you? you realize what a special person you have dining with you. He saved my life. Sure saved us a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Jones. I'm so thankful I got a chance to say thank you again. Thank you. Yeah, that that whole scene 
was nothing but gratitude and like you know it's it's almost like the playbook for how gratitude works and this mm. season like from a from a nuts and bolts you know like this is the kind of way that we're going to show gratitude you know like the first thing she did she reconnected with her son denver who's there mm. and then she was able to see she was able to see dougie again and like the first thing she did when she met him is like you know just say how how you changed my life and you know like she's just so thankful that she was able to thank him and um, you know it's the same thing that nadine did with jacoby and everything you know, it's like once you're out once you're out of your darkness you thank people for how you got out of your darkness and you know you show compassion to other people who are also in darkness i mean that's yeah. basically the playbook in, in season three i agree and it's interesting with dougie dougie is like oblivious to what is going on and sometimes maybe that is the greatest thing of compassion and being grateful and and giving is sometimes <laughs> you're not expecting anything from anybody you're just doing these acts that you think are right or i mean yeah. I guess dougie doesn't really know dougie's thanking him <laughs> he doesn't even really get it at least consciously he doesn't seem to get it and at the same time i think there's an essence of cooper in these people's lives that he is subconsciously helping these people yeah that kind of goes in uh carl eckler from the uh from the counter esperanto podcast would always talk about the no mind state and that's kind of like just like being it's experiencing the present like literally that's all you're doing yeah and that's like really that that's really deep into the whole buddhist stuff that the lynch is connected to so i wouldn't be shocked if that's kind of what it is like you know it's like what you need is just to be good to people and experience and you know like put positivity into the world mm -hmm. but what you want is to you know assess all this wealth and um you know make this empire so that you can stay here forever and you mm -hmm. know and um you know it's it's just really interesting to see you know, like the the more the more I go through Twin Peaks, like just the just how diametrically opposed the Cooper Dougie is versus the Doppel Cooper. You know, it's like literally, like they're almost like split down the middle of like you know, like here's how to exist in like literally nothing but a positively charged state, and then here's how to experience the world in this literally negatively charged space. There's there's something to be said literally about gratitude here, but like I think as far as Dougie goes, like he doesn't really express gratitude exactly, mm. but he does this thing. It it opens up the positivity and other people that inspires gratitude. Janie E too also has an experience. I can't remember. I think you mentioned in the article that she she becomes she's well she's grateful that he was he got money for the house and stuff yeah like that. but but i think he he really did connect with her and and she was mm -hmm. thankful for i, I feel like dougie was the better husband than her husband before for sure. oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no question yeah, but about again, it it's, yeah. it's that positive energy stuff you know like whatever you know og dougie was you know the one from 97 on yeah he he is his own deal. I'm not really going to dive into that, but, um, mm. <laughs> you know, it's like whatever, whatever kind of crap. And, and this all kind of comes back to the, uh, the 2008 financial crisis that Frost mm. used as a backbone. And, you know, he, he used Vegas because he loved the, well, I mean, he didn't love it, but all the housing developments and everything that were being built on Vegas, like at that time, like, you know, nobody can live in them. So like, it's like a never lived in ghost house. Add that whole Vegas thing into Lady Slot Addict and Janie E and the Mitchums, you know, it's like everybody is saddled by all this money they don't have. Mm. And um, the second Dougie comes in, you know, the first thing he does is he, he gives uh, Lady Slot Addict a whole bunch of money. And then we find out she's like better with her family. And then the next thing he does is he brings a whole boatload of money home to Janie E. And then like all the stuff, like the, the root of her worry goes away. So like mm. then she can kind of start from scratch. And like that, that was like her big moment of disruption. And then like she can start seeing things from a positive angle too. And yeah, I mean, it didn't happen right away. Like she was still skeptical and she had to chase off the loan sharks and, <laughs> you yeah. know, like all this other stuff. But like once she was able to relax a little bit and figure out that it was for real, you know, she she accepted the fact that 
you know, her life was going in a good direction. And then she was able to see Dougie as like this buff guy at a, <laughs> at a medical <laughs> checkout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like she could finally see what was right in front of her and she That's could start funny. appreciating things. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. true. I was telling Ben before we, we, we were talking to you on the show, you know, I read this last week and I'm like, well, you wrote this about a, about a month ago, 29 days ago. And it's interesting, like, what a state we are in that yep. now we, you know, you watch people put their hand on someone's shoulder and you're like, uh, don't get sick. Like, I watched yeah. a show or a movie. Social distance. We've got yeah. six, six feet apart here. It, it's yeah. so weird because, yes, touch is very important to us as a society and as mm-hmm. human beings. Um, touch is very important and it, 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 it shows you everything you just talked about. And we live in a world now that we cannot give that touch. Um, yeah. But Dougie was able to help uh, the slot addict without touch. I mean, there's things mm-hmm. we can do. We yeah. can point people in the right direction. We can help out in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're finding new ways to connect with people, to touch yeah. them in different ways without touch. But yeah. ultimately you miss it and it's weird it's just so um, weird. Like, I, uh, for example, I, I visited my mom outside mm-hmm. in her backyard. We sat across the table. Usually my mom's like, give me a hug, you know, all that yeah. stuff. But it was just sort of like, okay, I'm going to leave. My mom's like, bye. And there was none of that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, So it's just like a weird world you live in. And it's it, this article, it's just like, I don't know, it, it it has more love, uh, like more meaning now. Um, yeah. Where I think. I think the the touch on the shoulder and everything like that, it's it's a visual language because I mean Twin Peaks can't actually touch us on the shoulder, but mm, right. you know you, you it, like it is and like it sounds, you know it's like we we still absorb the message anyway, even if it right. can't physically do anything to us. It's like the the hand on a shoulder for Lynch. It's more like a brush stroke, you know. It's like mm. a, that's just like the the technique he's using to convey an information that he's giving to us, even though he can't touch us on the shoulder. And I'm honestly, it's kind of like how you guys are doing it, you know. Every uh, every Monday or you know every every various Monday, like you know, however frequent or infrequent, you know, it's like you pop up in the in the podcast feed and, you know, you kinda, you know it's like saying hello and <laughs> give yeah. me a little tap. I feel like now more than ever art artists and art and creators, um, this is like us touching each other in creative ways and like a podcast, your favorite podcast uh, voices coming into your ears that we mm-hmm. lift, you, lift you up a little bit or yeah. um, a video online or anything like it, it it's interesting. We are touching each other in, in, a, in a, a different kind of way, and because we're all we all want to get out of this together, um, yeah. and healthy and happy. So it's like mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, you make a great point. We are visually touching each other now, and it, it can just be as emotional as a physical touch. You guys probably didn't see a Parks and Rec special, did you? I did see. I that. did yeah. not all the way. I yeah. thought that was so sweet. Still, just to see all of these uh, actors come together and play their characters again. And I still thought it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, back in the day we had these shows and they were, you know, I thought it was fun. It was just yeah. something yeah. sweet. I was glad that they could make, get them all together, even if it's through Zoom or Skype or whatever they used. It, it was the first yeah. time I was, like, anticipating <laughs> watching something on NBC, exactly what it happened. I turned it on. I mean, I enjoyed seeing all their faces. It made me laugh. Um, you know, and I think for me, like I get excited when Saturday Night Live does their at home stuff because I just want to laugh. Like Mm -hmm. I just forget about everything and laugh. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, Twin Peaks, David Lynch has always touched us because he's a, he's a wonderful artist and his art Mm -hmm. art has always moved us in some way. And I think even more now than ever reading this article, it hits you differently a little bit and, but I'm glad, you, and John, yeah. I'm glad you brought to light this because it is so easy to talk about the dark stuff. Of right. Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. It's nice to say that, like, there were there were these shining moments where you think about Nadine, and she did shovel herself out of the shit, and she became mm-hmm. a stronger character. And on her own, she let Big Ed go, and she found out that she was going to be fine on her own and and do her own thing. And I think that's yeah. 
it's it, it, good stuff. Yeah, it's a nice, it, it's just a nice little roadmap, you know, like even though there's all this darkness, I mean, you know, all the popular theories about, you know, it's like, it's just dark. And you know, <laughs> yeah. like, Come on. it's, it's not right. just dark. It's how to get through the dark. It's how to yeah. grow your light. You, you can see this thesis all over and it's not just Lynch. It's, it's in the Frost book too. You know, it's like mm. when, when Margaret's writing the thing that she wanted read at her funeral, uh. you know, it's like it, it, she does this part where it says like, when darkness comes, just as you would at night, hold the light inside you. Others, I can tell you have already learned to do the same in time. You will learn to recognize light in yourself and others. In this way, you will find each other together. You will make the light stronger. This truth I know, sure as the dawn, darkness will always yield to light when the light mm -hmm. is strong. You just see it all the way through Twin Peaks that, you know, if somebody has a light, you know, it's like whenever, whenever it's grown a little bit, you can see things happening for the better. It's true. When I think of season three, you always think of the darker tones, uh, the, the mm -hmm. grittiness, and it's probably the more popular things to talk about because there's just it's very interesting but yeah, yeah i mean and there's so much of it oh yeah. god yeah and this article does shed light um <laughs> on uh on the fact that this episode this season uh, this long movie is about breaking through to the other side of mm -hmm. coming out of your own darkness and uh sometimes if i i forget about that but oh like it's so true all these characters do have breakthroughs and that i think that's a theme we've mm -hmm. spoken we've spoken about before yes about all of them breaking through i think actually mm -hmm. when you were on the show last about everyone yeah. having their moment of yep. breaking through i still think about the i always say about the frost but two roads diverged and you know where where do you want to go and stuff like you could go and live, you know you could go and be helpful and help other people out or you can go and be selfish and go and do your own things but there's different mm -hmm. you know and I kind of looked at that in Cooper in some ways. I mean, Cooper wasn't, he was selfish because he became an FBI agent and he wanted to go off and, and save the world in his own way. But in another life, he could have been a husband and he could have been a part of that, that community and stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, I think in both ways he's done things to help people and stuff. But, uh, yeah. He thinks he's doing his best to push back against the darkness in his own way. And Cooper's a tricky one because, I mean, he does kind of end at a point where it's like, I don't know about that, dude. But, um, <laughs> like, it's like what I've done, like, with my Twin Peaks work before this one is basically, like, figure out, like, okay, this is the shape of what Twin Peaks reality seems to be in season three. And then I go about the Cooper path, which is basically, like, you know, you're stuck in trauma. His is basically, you know, like he got stuck in a lodge 25 years ago and he lost all this time. How do you break through that? And I think at the very end of Twin Peaks, you know, you're basically saying that he's he's finally at his breakthrough point when Laura's whispering to him in the uh, in hmm. the lodge in the final credits. And like he's at this point now where he gets to decide, is he going to start shoveling and is he going to start you know doing all this you know is, is he going to show gratitude to everybody yeah and you know start you know like reclaiming the positive aspects of his life or is he going to get stuck in the dark like sarah palmer and mm. you know, just be lost to time like philip jeffries and like never get out and that's why i think everybody thinks it's dark is because you know when cooper's own part of the roadmap doesn't really end at a good spot mm. but it can continue forward into a better spot based on all the stuff that we see from people like Big Ed and Nadine and Norma and, you know, even Shelly and Becky, like choosing a positive thing to do. You know, it's like there, there are paths out of Cooper's darkness mm. and, you know, we just have to imagine whether he would take those paths out or if he's stuck. And like, that's up to us to decide one way or another, kind of like, you know, it's just like anything else. You know, we're the end user of Twin Peaks. We've just been given a lesson on how to basically achieve, a, a, you know, achieve a positive outlook or a negative outlook. And it's up to us to decide what to do with what we just learned and uh, or what we just experienced you know it's like did we learn something from it or did we just get bogged down in it and we never want to see it again you know it's like do we just want to look away from it and pretend it never happened you know it's like there's all these things and 
I think that's why Cooper ended where he did is so mm. that you know, like we can kind of chew on the lesson, you know, like chew on, you know, chew on what we just saw. And then, you know, like me, I've been, I've been working on this for like, what, over two years. And like, I'm finally getting to the point of even, even asking, you know, I was like, Oh, I've been working on this for however long. And I've never even dealt with, you know, like, Oh, what do they do after they do have their breakthrough? Right. <laughs> So yeah. like this is this is kind of like the um, the third part of my PhD program that I'm accidentally <laughs> making or whatever you know. Nice. <laughs> it's like I'm nice. trying to figure out what Twin Peaks is trying to tell us, and I think it's basically trying to say shovel yourself out of your shit, be grateful to the people who loved you and who you are, respect the darker things that shaped you, and mm. show compassion to those still in their darkness. Grow the light. Right. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I wonder. You know, we, we, you mentioned Cooper, but I wonder what Carrie. Which I think Carrie is Laura. Mm-hmm. I, if if we had gone another five minutes, would uh, Carrie Laura there be appreciative to Cooper for bringing her to the uh, Palmer House? Because I do feel like there was um, I feel that she's screaming as she's like awoken. She's now re, you know remembering this traumatic thing, and maybe she's now can process and deal with this horrific experience that she had. That's how I always interpreted. Well, well, yes and no. Like there's, um, there's a thing with the shovels, you know, it's like, you got to have two coats, you know, you can't <laughs> just have your first one. The first one is when you scream because you're realizing, holy crap, something is wrong. Mm. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, Lucy screams in part four when she sees Frank Truman, but yes. then he's able to shoot double Cooper. She can say, Oh, I understand cell phones now. So like literally, uh, you know, it's like mm. that, you know, the, the scream is the first part. And, um, Oh shoot! What's the other? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the the slots lady. She starts out um, the the first time she gets a jackpot from uh, from uh, Dougie. You know, she flips him off and like yes. she's just like angry about it. <laughs> she's like, "What are you doing?" And it's like, you know, oh, you're presumptuous. Oh yeah, I'm gonna win. Oh sure, I am. <laughs> but then, like after the second one, she finally appreciates it. And then she does something good with it. So like she needed two times to reinforce. And right. I think that that Laura's scream or that Carrie's scream at the end might make her remember she's Laura, but that might be about as far as she is on the path. You know, it's like she's yeah. every, everybody's on this this path through trauma in mm. different stages. <laughs> so like Cooper's finally at that second point where mm. you know he, he just gets his second coat finished at the end. And um, Carrie Page, I think, is only getting her first coat when she screams. Makes sense. And, and, and you have someone who went through all this, but is also confused himself. You know, Cooper seems confused. Yeah. So then he's yep. le- blind leading the blind. Yeah. But I feel like it would work its way out, just like Dougie worked. Mm-hmm. Dougie yeah. Cooper worked his way out. She would eventually work her way out. Yeah. With with the guidance of Cooper, mm-hmm. and I don't think it would be as clear. It would just be like the Dougie, Dougie story. It's not a clear, straight story. Things will yeah. happen that will lead her to yep. that awakening. But yeah, I always thought, like you, Ben, I thought the scream was an awakening. But but John, I mean, I mean, you make a great point about the two coats and everything. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's more to her waking up because she's still like. I don't, I'm Carrie Page. This is not, I don't know whose house this is. And she had a moment, she had a moment, a breakthrough moment, but I, yeah, I mean, if we had season four, I, I, I would want those two to be watching Carrie Page's uh, awakening to Laura Palmer. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I would want. Maybe a two-hour movie, right? You know, right? Sure. I always thought I always thought it'd be cool too if Laura Palmer actually saved Cooper. Like, you know, we're always oh, so yeah. focused on Cooper saving her, but what if if Laura somehow, you know, make a do for him? And maybe she was trying to do that by whispering his ear and getting him out of the cycle that he was in. Yeah, that's true. Yep, I'm convinced that they're kind of like 
they're, they're kind of like doing a double helix thing around each other like while they're stuck in the lodge and mm. you know, they, i i really do think that like once one of them gets out then like their cycle will be broken and they'll be able to get out yeah totally i mean that's why i think cooper is doing what he's doing bringing her like he knows i gotta bring her i gotta show her i you know and then there's that confusion he has because things have changed so now he's mm-hmm. off his game she's having a moment and i think you just end the show and we're all like now what now how do we how yeah. do we end this in our own heads you know and that's what yeah. makes it so great if i had to guess i think that you can't force somebody to reconnect with their family they have to choose to reconnect with their family. Mm, yes. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if, uh, you know, if, if there's a continuation that like, that Laura really does try to reconnect with Sarah and Leland and like mm. some kind of, you know, like even if it has to be in lodge space, you know, well, I mean, obviously it would have to be, <laughs> uh, but, um, but um, you know, like I, I would not be shocked if like, you know, that they get back together. Cause I mean, the family thing again, right. and, and yeah, I mean, she was forced to go in there, but you know, to be strong, it's like you want to bring in your family. And uh, right. I mean, that that's even in the the meta aspect. Yeah, I mean, you you've got Frost's uh, Frost's son uh, Travis, I think. Um, yeah, and you know, he's he's a guy. He's one of the kids throwing the ball that calls mm. for help when when they see Miriam crawling out of the forest. And um, you know, Mark Frost is in there, and he's yeah. calling for help because he sees Stephen and Gersten in the forest. You know, Warren Frost gets called for help as doc, <laughs> as you know, as, as the doc. True. Um, they're all in there. I mean, it's a, it's a family thing. Right. And uh, Lynch, you know, his his son's the one who calls for Billy, like going yeah. in the, going into the restaurant, and then he's playing in the band. And then, of course, you know, Lynch is Gordon Cole. And then you've got uh, Lynch's father represented in that statue of the lawman mm-hmm. with the gun. Yeah, it's Austin like it's, it's from all second all season there as the little, I mean, the the magician, the little boy there, the grandson. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's like you you bring your family together, and you know you you make sure that like you grow things together. I mean, it's it, it's just crazy how how it's it's also circular from the meta all the way down to the plot. Yeah, and I really thought we would get more Palmer family because you know you had the missing pieces Blu-ray and you had uh, between two worlds and you had Lynch and the, the Palmer family sit down together. Yeah. And what, yeah, you had two parts: one as the actors and one as the characters. And I just thought, oh, this is a this is like a sneak peek of what season three is going to be, and uh, not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not ready. They're not ready. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Sarah, she's she's basically. Yeah, she she's allowed herself to be inhabited by you know this this crazy ass thing that like takes mm. her face off and like eats people. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like Sarah's not ready for one thing, and uh, Laura's not ready because she's basically missing, possibly mm. because Dale like takes her out of the time stream or whatever. Mm. But um, you know, it's like that they didn't have a chance because it wasn't that kind of story. This one, yeah. this one was all about Dale. Yeah, true. Yeah, Sarah, I always thought, for me anyway, I mean, tell me what you think, John. She's living in her darkness. I mean, yeah. to go with this whole theme. And no one's there to really help her. She's kind yeah. of by herself. She's yep. drinking herself more and more, using cigarettes and alcohol to mm-hmm. sink deeper into depression. And there's no one really there to help her. Now, we, have, we see Hawk check up on her mm-hmm. and yeah. there is there's an outside concern but that darkness in that depression has such a hold on her yeah she doesn't let anyone in like yeah she's, she doesn't even she's let him in. yeah like, she's unwilling to accept help yeah to me it's like that's the dark part of the story where there is no light but mm-hmm. at the end when she's smashing that picture is that, and I mean, maybe we hit upon this before. I can't remember. But do, what do you think, John? Is that her having that moment like like Carrie Page? Is that a moment from her that could be emerging? Or is that just going even deeper? I yeah, mean, I think it's going deeper. It's like it's literally trying to break apart a, a family connection. And mm-hmm. it's literally trying to, like, break apart something that happened. I don't know. I, I tend to think of, um, 
of the dream and lodge space and all that is like this negative delusion that's just kind of draped over what's actually happening. And right, you can right. either you can either choose to believe what's actually happening and work your way through it, or you can go further into this delusion and look away from your problems and look away from where you're at, and then you just get lost. Mm. And I I think she's just like disconnecting more and more and more and more and like trying to break apart that photo that that iconic photo of Twin Peaks you know it's like she's just trying to not even be part of it anymore yeah I mean that's such a it's a powerful scene it is very like telling and I I always go back and forth I'm like is she breaking through but yeah I mean going deeper to me makes more sense yeah um because she's destroying her 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 daughter she's destroying everything mm-hmm. her life has been destroyed and is there coming back from that i mean i guess that's a question for another time like we don't know i mean lynch didn't want to go there like, i do think it mirrors yeah. season one with uh leland and he's dancing with the frame and then sarah's trying to take the frame away from her from him and they smash the glass in some ways it <laughs> seems like it mirrors in some ways yeah yeah, but. except then there's also that added thing where it's like it's actually forward and backward breaking. Yeah, you know, it's like the, 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 it's it never actually gets broken. You know, it's like mm. it starts you, but then it reverses, and then it gets broken, then it reverses, then it gets broken, then it reverses. You know, it's like yeah. she's trying to she's trying to literally do something that is impossible to do, which is kind of like it, the fact that that happens right around the same time that dale tries to take laura out of the time stream mm. you know, it's like he's trying to do something that you literally can't do right <laughs> you know it's like it, it's it's like i see the fact that like they're happening right at the same kind of converging point of the story anyway she's just trying to do something that she shouldn't be doing and that's that's a way of saying that she's going like full-on negative yeah, I mean, with every, with there's got to be a positive for every negative to mm-hmm. counterbalance what's happening. So yeah, I mean, I always thought that too. Like what's happening with Cooper, we have all, like a bunch of parallels. I know people on YouTube put these scenes together where they thought they were all happening at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of believe that too. I kind of feel like when the uh, the girl in the roadhouse falls to the, her knees and she's like freaking mm-hmm. out, is parallel to when Cooper falls to his knees and he puts the fork in the electric socket mm. um mm-hmm. and that's interesting how lynch did that we get these little pieces of the puzzle and you know people did lay it out for us on youtube which was really cool to see um i don't think i mean obviously they've said no but i feel like they're covering the <laughs> tracks they don't want to come sure. out and say anything but I, I think that's more like just visual language again, you yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. like the hand on the shoulder. It's the same kind of thing, you know, like where the the angle of approach on Ruby, the uh, the screaming girl in the roadhouse, you know, it's like she did a scream, though. So like she's only, you know, she's only at the point of like, oh, God, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. But like she's not she doesn't understand. You know, she's not there to understand yet. She just knows something. Right. And um, when when Dale was doing that at the light socket he actually did understand something like that was Mm. like that was a point where like he was actively choosing to you know connect to the electricity (laughs) and kind of restart you know it's like he chose to do that whereas like ruby like she just exploded because like there's nothing left to do like when 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 you're not ready to understand you just have to like explode your energy somewhere yep yeah yeah like you said it goes right back to the visual language of lynch and it's so cool you know you, you almost get you get yourself trapped i get trapped oh, yeah. just thinking about all this and how it just goes around and around yep yeah i'm i'm recording all my older all my older work and 25 years later so that we can have the audio versions for patreon subscribers and um, just like some of the things that like i was writing about before the series even started you know it's like i'm i'm still I'm still looping through the same material <laughs> over and over, <laughs> but it, it's just like Twin Peaks. You know, it's like the more you get, the more lateral it spreads. You know, it's like it never really goes too far forward, but it goes deeper and the understanding gets more rich. And like, it's just, it, it's so cool to like have a, have a record of, <laughs> of my yeah. thoughts 
after all of this and then have the opportunity to actually go through that process and like just like see what I've learned and what I haven't and what I've forgotten you know it's like <laughs> there's so many things about Twin Peaks that's just like magic yeah yeah so true so true. Well, I'm so glad you're recording that for uh, 25 years later's uh, Patreon I think that's so cool and and speaking of Patreon John I mean uh-huh. how, how is that going for 25 how do people get into the Patreon for 25 years later Oh man, you know what? I <laughs> I've been so busy doing my part that I I think uh, like there's a there's an audio article section where you can definitely link to it. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you go up to the menu and you go to the audio, yeah, I'll put all the links in the show notes for everybody. There's a link at the top of all of them where you can um, where you can click on it to get to our Patreon so that you can actually you know subscribe or contribute or you know there there's different levels where you know like uh one of the lower levels you can just get access to the audio articles and then you know you can go as high as you want <laughs> but yeah that's cool yeah it's it's really neat to be a part of this because i mean three years ago we were a fan site yeah <laughs> you know, like we yeah. we didn't you know, we, we were just putting things out and thinking, you know, it's like, oh, this is going to be a fun document to, to contribute to the season three thing. And then, like, it just keeps going and going. And now we're in gaming. And now we're, uh, th- there's, a, there's a sports site. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, sports Obsessive. You know, there's, <laughs> uh, we have a music department. You know, it's like, it, it's something. Crazy. It, it just keeps growing and growing into so many different aspects. But like at the end of the day, like we're all about the deep dive and we're all about going deeper into things and, you know, wider into things. And like, it, it's just so, I, I'm so proud to be able to contribute to this. And, you know, that we're, we're talking about gratitude. So, <laughs> you know, I just, I feel like I got really lucky with this whole thing. You know, it's like I, I get in on the ground floor like with you guys and mm. you know, the podcast scene and everything. And you, you put positive energy into something. And I mean, you guys are published authors. You know, it's like. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it, yeah it's, <laughs> if, if, you put, if you put positive energy into something, you are going to grow it into something and the light's going to keep on spreading and you're going to meet all these neat people along the way. And like, you can all kind of grow up together. And mm. it's just neat to i mean you know i'm i'm not i'm not growing as quick as you guys or anything personally no no i mean <laughs> but, I, I yeah i yeah. say thank you to you because you were one of our first supporters of the podcast mm. i mean we didn't hear from anybody we we see uh-huh. hits but hits equal okay someone listened i don't know but you actually reached <laughs> out you you reached out to us and you you helped us Becomes better, constructive, yeah, con- yeah. Constructive criticism, where like sometimes it's like okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, you helped us become better podcasters because <laughs> yeah. you know we were just doing uh, the best we can, but you were like, hey, I want you guys to be even better, and I mean that was we needed to hear that, and I, I, I mean, we thank, thank you, John. yeah, we thank you, and also just twenty five years later, I mean, our partners. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see you join forces with that. You, you became part of them, and then you're flourishing. I mean, your your articles are amazing. Your deep dives are like, like uh, amazing. I, 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 it's like it blows my mind, and it's something I could never do. But it, no. for me, I read your stuff, and it just seems like you do it effortlessly. Obviously, you put a lot of effort into it, but yeah. to me, it's like magic. Well, and everybody it looks like that at the end. Yeah, I mean. Everybody at 25 years later, you guys are all so talented. Um, yeah. you know, I, they're friends. They're, you know, they're good people, and we're so lucky to be able to work with you guys. Yeah, it's been a great partnership. Yeah, it really has. Like, it's, it, it's kind of magic, you know? It, it truly is. It's so weird. Like, you know, we started, and then, like, 25 years later, you know, they started, and everybody, like, now we're all doing really great things, helping and creating and inspiring others to keep creating. And, and is it crazy yeah. to think that, like, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's been really almost three years since, uh, since wow. the return, right? Season three, we're getting yeah. close to, to that, I guess. Yeah, yeah we pretty much are three years. Yeah. And so, like, to, you know, who knew we were going to keep on going? I, mean, it's been cool I know. To- <laughs> 
I know it's crazy. Like, you know, who knew there'd be enough material? And you guys are just focusing on Twin Peaks for the most part. So, or, or you know, the, the careers yeah. of Ben Frost. You know, it's like technically the well isn't like super deep, but, you know, you guys could keep going for like another, what, 10 years and still be finding <laughs> new aspects, right? Oh, oh man. No. <laughs> we need a break. <laughs> no, I understand. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we love it. I mean, we got a lot on our plate. For this year, I mean, we have a lot yeah. coming up. Uh, so, well, heck yeah, it, you know, it's it's. So it's we're gonna, we, we don't even know if we're gonna fit it all in. It's you know, it's still kind of. Well, we'll so take we, it day by day. We're ta- yeah, we're taking it by day, day by day. With, with the way the world is now, I mean, our show originally was gonna end at the end of the year. If it spills yeah. into next year because of this pandemic, that's just the way it's gonna be. I mean, we can't we can't control everything mm-hmm. here. So yeah. It's been a fantastic ride, and we'll, we'll always, even when like we we stop officially, you know, if Lynch does something or there's something worthy to come back, we will. Mm. I mean, we're not going to oh, close yeah. that door forever. We'll be back yeah. for season four. Yeah, we'll be back for season four. <laughs> yep. Anything else we want to share? I mean, this has been a great article. Can you share with us what you're working on next for uh, 25 <laughs> years later, or is that still a top secret? Oh, it's it's not exactly top secret, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to keep on going in this general um, area, but like right now, I'm kind of, I'm thinking like as far as Twin Peaks goes, I'm probably going to be focusing on Firewalk with me because, okay, so the crowd that um, absolutely adored Twin Peaks and then like uh, season three just like rubbed them the wrong way, you know, like mm. Matt Twin Peaks podcast, you know, like, you know, that, that sort of thing. That's kind of what happened with me and Firewalk with me. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it's, I wasn't against it ever, but <laughs> like, it was so far different from the soap opera format that the wow. first two seasons did that like, it, it just felt like this completely different alien creature. Mm. And like, I wasn't able to really do too much with it in the past. And like, really, it took secret history of Twin Peaks with like Mark Frost incorporating the owl ring into it. And, um, you know, like just having more mythology to work from that finally got me to, you know, to, to be able to say that, okay, Fire Walk With Me really is part of the same universe as Twin Peaks as a whole. And, you know, I, I think it's I think it's high time that I dive into that and, you know, like try nice. to figure out things like, you know, the Tremont painting and, you know, like uh, Philip Gerard and, you know, like all this stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff to work with. Oh, I yeah. love Firewalk with me. I, I'm excited to read that, John. That's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, well, it's going to be a while. It'll probably end up being like Twin Peaks month <laughs> by, <laughs> by this point. But, yeah, otherwise I'm going to be um, – I, I kind of um, what what do you call it? my my post <laughs> my post as an editor is is like mostly due to like just watching uh, watching for twenty fifth you know twenty five year anniversaries of things and uh, <laughs> you know, try to get people to you know say like hey this is coming up and uh, you know can can we get somebody to write on that and you know, right. and uh, I definitely still do that with uh, music twenty five years later it's. Uh, you know, pop culture 25 years later, the thing that I was doing where it had, you know, all the TV, all the film. Oh, I mean, not all the film, but all the uh, all the music, all the comics, yeah. all that stuff. We've kind of we kind of decided to focus it a little bit differently so that like now we're doing it where like it's just music. So I'm going to be writing about a lot of 1995 albums and uh, a lot of people wow. are going to be writing there with me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's 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 a good time to, to reassess the older stuff, too. Yeah. yeah, I love the, the 90s. 90s was my now. decade. I love the 90s. Yeah. 90s is the best. I'm still living in the 90s, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too, kind of accidentally with all Almost this like stuff. every week, Brian, it seems like we're living in the 90s here. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I mean, I still haven't, I'm still wearing my flannel. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, it's my favorite bands are from the 90s. I still listen to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dream of the 90s. I think you guys did a great, you did a 90s one. I remember like on TV shows. Uh, yeah. That was a good one too. Yep. Yeah, that pop culture 25 years later stuff from from last year was pretty, pretty packed. I mean, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, like just doing that, it like, um, it kind of woke me up to like how good ER was. Like mm. I'm shocked. <laughs> like I, 
I was a fan of it back in the day, but like I figured, you know, it's like, eh, it'll, it'll hold up. But then I'm watching it. It's like, my God, this is still great. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh, it, was, it was a good show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah way better than you would expect it to be. And the cast is all amazing. Like, it's not just, you know, Clooney and, and Margulies. It's like everybody. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that was like pristine TV. I mean, pristine yeah. TV. You had Quentin Tarantino directing an episode. Mm-hmm. They did the live episode. Yeah, the live one. So they did it twice because it was live on the West Coast and the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and Mimi Letter, she she was basically, I, I, I think she got her start mostly on stuff like China Beach, but like she was like one of their big directors for a long time. Oh, and wow. you know, now she's directing things like, uh, you know, The Leftovers and, you know, like all, wow. all the all those classic episodes like she did a lot of them so yeah it was uh it was a good springboard for all kinds of different people yeah it's so cool so cool you go back to the old shows you're like oh my god this is where that one person now they're super famous that's where they came from it's so cool you listening watching reading anything (laughs) uh that's worthy of uh we're all in quarantine anything you recommend to people that you know of interest I'm usually working on 25 years later stuff like with my free time. So I'm not really watching too much, but we did finally look into some Disney plus and uh, started watching the Mandalorian. So like we're, we're, we're on board, you know, so we, we've only seen the first three episodes so far, but it's, it's as solid as everybody says. And of course, baby Yoda is as cute as he says. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, the, the thing I want the Mandalorian to do, like, you know, maybe seven years from now, when, when uh, Baby Yoda gets a little bit more grown up, he gets his own Mandalorian armor. There you go. Uh, the um, Here's the crazy thing. I think he's 50 years old, though. I think that Baby Yoda is, like, 50. Yeah, he's 50. Yeah, but, I yeah, know, but Yoda like, was, what, 900? Yeah, <laughs> yeah in the prequels, he was 500, and then I think in the, the original, he was 800 or something. But I can't. Well, that that math doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all I'm saying is, who knows how? But you, you know, yeah. But Mandalorian, they which is live. great, it goes back. It brings you. you don't almost, spoil anything for John. Don't I'm not, <laughs> spoil it. I'm not. I'm not. But the show <laughs> no, has always, to every time. Classic Brian. He's like, I'm oh, not I won't spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it'll is, be really good right up until the last five seconds. <laughs> Mandalorian. It's a show you really have to. We're so used to television now, going from point A to point B in eight episodes. And that's all they're dealing with. Mandalorian, yeah. it's so great to give us monster of the week, story of the week, yeah. episodes, and it works. It just works. Um, and in this universe, it's just nice to be like you watch a bottle, uh, a yeah. bottle episode, and you don't have that very often anymore. That's no. something we don't have. And that, I, I, it's kind of nice. I mean, X-Files tried that and for some reason it just didn't work for me it, some episodes work better than others but they it's like mandalorian there's still that there's a line that takes that that's mm-hmm. still happening and we know that 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 baby yoda mystery don't you dare is the line <laughs> <laughs> it's going through so enough enough no no yeah. x files it was like x files see that the, the last season x files it was like mm-hmm. here's the setup Next episode, we forget everything that just happened. <laughs> the next seven weeks, we're going to tell seven stories. And then <laughs> so everyone's true. sick. And it, yeah, it, so it was true. weird. It was like they ignored. The, it was It's like, oh. no, you got to have a, a line through that pulls you through. But Yeah, well, honestly, they, they've rebooted their own mythology, like, since season four. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they've got a giant history of being like that. I know, I know. And it was just frustrating. And I, I'm only yeah. using that as an example where Mandalorian's doing it the right way, where X-Files yes. failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, but you, at also, you were living a television that had to put together 24 episodes in a season. I mean, like, if X-Files could have told the story in eight episodes. Well, I'm talking about the eight episodes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> oh, That's what I'm talking about. They failed at that. They failed at that. Like, how, I mean, how they are you... absolutely failed at that. Yeah, I mean... You can't start a story. Oh, and you're talking about the new it. season. Oh, yeah, not, yeah, the last season. You're talking about like oh this 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 past season. Yeah, this past right. season wasn't so good. Yeah, I mean, 
And then, yeah. Yeah, oh man, no, we're gonna go down a rabbit hole because they were saying that last season they, they kind of wiped out the whole end of the <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, I don't oh, know. No. But Mandalorian, <laughs> John, you're in for a treat. It's a great mm-hmm. ride. It's uh, just fun. It's just fun, and, yes. and that's all you want yes. from it. And it's just fun Star Wars. Uh, so enjoy. I'm, I, yeah, I, I am. I am. Stop there. Just stop right there. <laughs> I am actually like jealous that you're enjoying it for the first time. I wish I could rewatch it and forget everything I saw and enjoy it for the first time again. Uh-huh. But yeah, very much more is coming in October, supposedly. So season two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. already filmed, so it's not going to get it's not going to get stopped at all by all That's this. That's great. Yeah. That's very exciting. I have spoken. So, John, how can everybody find you on social media? Oh man. Um, well, I don't, I don't do Facebook really. Um, I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter. I do love Twitter. It's always been fun for me, but that's mm. at JPB underscore little green. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think that's it. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, find me at 25 years later site. And that's what I like to do. I like to go to the 25 years later site, go to, go to the team section, find your name, and I can find all your articles <laughs> under your name. And that's yeah. Yeah, the numerous. You can spend a day just reading John's articles. Gratitude one is, is wonderful. And in the, like we've said, in these times, it's kind of nice to hear about a positive message like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I appreciate that. In a moment of, in, in, in a day of darkness, John Bernardi's article is a shining light, I think. (laughs) Um, We're all shining lights, I think. I think everybody, uh, we're all shining lights. We're breaking through the darkness, and we're Mm -hmm. we're all going to lead each other to the the other side of this pandemic. That's neither here nor there. If you like what you heard today, (laughs) give us an email at TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. And we're on Google Play. And Friday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we do cast. And the links are in our show notes. And I yeah, always we're watching Twin Peaks, media. right? We're watching Twin Peaks. We're, we're, we're in season two. Yeah. <laughs> and we do two episodes a night. When this episode comes out, I couldn't tell you what episodes we'll be watching that Friday night. But social media, we always post that. It's a great time. We just chat. We'll watch, and Ben streams. Twin Peaks. We have nice little opens we pre-record, and we have commercials, and we have like old Twin Peaks things in between. Sometimes the we do deleted scenes. We do all kinds of little extra yeah. things that we do. But it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good of, time. It's a lot of fun. So if you need something to do on a Friday night, you're stuck at home, like like all of us. Join us on Cast. It's free. It's fun, and we're we're always there. So with all that being said, John, it's been a great show, and everybody out there will be back in a week or two. See you soon. Melanie. Oh, hey, Jason. Hey, what's going on? Not much. I didn't know you were back in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Had a pretty amazing trip. I mean, it was unreal. Really? I can't wait to hear about it. No, I have, like, a lot to tell you. What is it? Come on. Do you remember the 90s? Yeah. You know, people were talking about getting piercings and getting tribal tattoos. Yeah. And people were singing about saving the planet and forming bands. Yeah? There's a place where that idea still exists as a reality, and I've been there. Where is it? Portland. Oregon? Yeah. Dream of the night is alive. Portland, Portland, Portland. Dream of the 90s is alive. Portland, Portland. The tattoo ink never runs dry. Remember when people were content to be unambitious, sleep till 11, just hang out with their friends. I mean, they had no occupations whatsoever, maybe working a couple hours a week at a coffee shop. Right, I thought that died out a long time ago. <laughs> Not in Portland. Portland is a city where young people go to retire. Dream of the night, this is the life. Portland, all the hot girls wear glasses. Yeah. Remember in the 90s when they encouraged you to be weird? It was just an amazing time where people would go to see something like the Jim Rose Sideshow Circus and watch someone hang something from their penis. You could grow up to want to be a, a clown. Like people went to clown school. God, I gave up clowning years ago. Well, in Portland, you don't have to. Dream of the 90s is alive. Portland, 
So from what I can surmise, from what you're positing, it's like Portland's almost an alternative universe. It's like Gore one. The Bush administration never happened. Exactly. In Portland, it's almost like cars don't exist, right? Yes. People ride bikes or double-decker bikes. They ride unicycles. Yes. They ride the tram. They ride skateboards. Yes. Portland, you can go to like a record store and sell your CDs. Turn that dirty clown frown right upside down. Portland, you can put a bird on something and just call it art. Dream of the 90s is alive in Portland. The dream of the 90s. Hey, I made it. Yeah, you're, you're a little late. Sorry. You're also a little San Francisco right now, if you know what I mean. I'm trying to, try to, sorry. Much better. Welcome to Portland. Thank you. The dream of the night.